Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about um, choices and consequences. This is the title of the sermon. Choices and consequences. Everybody say that with me. Choices and consequences. Right now, as I said that, each of you right now thought of something you did maybe yesterday, maybe years ago, that have resulted in consequences to this day. Probably not good, and maybe some really good. But we all have had that experience of choices and consequences. I know that when I made the choice on a Wednesday night in October of 1993 <clears throat> to ask Anna out, who I just met that night at a Wednesday night Bible study. Can, can, you, can, you, can you hear me what I just said? I met my, my, my future wife at a, at a church service, Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, a Wednesday night Bible study, okay? You know, a lot of people don't go to Wednesday night Bible studies, but I was there, she was there, and I asked her for a cup of coffee. You want to go out for a cup of coffee afterwards? And if I hadn't made that choice, or if she hadn't accepted and made that choice, obviously she saw the person asking and said, of course I'm going to go. No, right? <laughs> she, she, she took me up on that. And because of that, we're pastors here now. If she had said no, I can promise you I wouldn't be here. My daughters wouldn't be here. God has a way of honoring your choices. Now, that was a positive choice. Amen? Each of you have positive choices. Maybe you're sitting right next to that positive choice right now as you elbow him or her. And some of you have negative choices. I can relate to that, having made negative choices when I was young. And then looking back and going... What was I thinking? What was I, and each of you right now can relate to that. Amen. Choices in life sometimes appear to be insignificant at that moment, but later they have huge ramifications. The choice of a of a person getting in a car with a person that's had too much to drink, and then that vehicle getting in an accident and people losing their life. That was a choice. And we've all known people that have had that impact their lives. We've all been impacted in some way in that, in that kind of tone. Maybe it was a, a young girl at a party, drank too much. Her inhibitions lower. She gets together with another guy, and before you know it, she's pregnant. Now she's faced with a choice. She's faced with choices that impact her life down the road forever, forever. Life is about choices. Today, you had a choice to get up in the, out of bed, out of your nice warm bed, sleeping in, getting that extra hour of sleep. It would have been mighty tempting to say, well, let me get another two hours of sleep in. But no, you made the choice to be here today. And God honors that choice when you choose him. Amen? Amen. God will always honor that choice. So again, it's, it's about choices. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about a gentleman, a, a man in the Bible in the Old Testament, how many remember the story of Lot, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Abraham is the father of our faith, and his nephew, Lot. And Lot made a choice. Uh, Lot made a choice. And I want to talk to you about this, this man. And if you'll stand with me, we're going to read from uh, Genesis chapter 13, verses 5 through 8. Genesis chapter 13, 
verses 5 through 8. And what I did was I put it on your outline. So you have an outline. It's all there for you in case you didn't bring your Bible. All right. Let me begin my reading and then uh, just bear with me as I read through these verses. Chapter 13, verses 5 through 18. Now Lot, who was moving with or moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose. Everybody say quarreling. Quarreling. Between Abram's herders and Lot's, the Canaanites and Perizzites, anybody know any Perezes? That's where they come from right there. (laughs) Were also living in the land at that time. So Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And so Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zoar was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. And the two men parted company. And Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Everybody say Sodom. Sodom. Now, verse 13, the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are to the north and the south, to the east and the west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abram went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tents. There he built an altar to the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, this morning we thank you for your word. Lord, your word endures forever. It has such great truths that teach us, Lord, how to live in this present world. And I thank you, Lord, for this morning's reading of your word. I thank you for the anointing that you're going to lay on on the words that I speak, on the ears, the hearing of the people here today. I pray that, Lord, you would give us exactly what each person needs to hear today. And, Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Choices and consequences. Powerful. Powerful. Maybe some of you are faced with choices right now. To move. Not to move. To buy a house. Sell a house. Maybe you're, you're faced with a choice deeper than that. It's a relationship issue. Do I cut this person out of my life? You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes there's, there's a time where you need to cut negative influences out of your life because they're dragging you down. They're choices. Choices. Lot had a choice. And number one on your outline, I want to read from, and I want to just read a few key points this morning. Number one, since choices often result in eternally significant consequences, we must choose in line with God's principles. As I mentioned at the outset, our choices can have eternal consequences, significant 
consequences in your life and in my life. The, the story here says that Abraham, who, if you read beginning of the chapter, starting in verse 1, it, it'll tell you it's the very first place in the Bible that wealth is ever mentioned. It tells you that Abraham was a wealthy man. He had gold, he had silver, he had cattle, because at that time, livestock was a value of how, how wealthy you were. He was a very wealthy, wealthy man. And apparently, Lot had a lot of, of uh, material things as well. doesn't say he was as wealthy as his uncle. But here, they were quarreling. They were arguing. They're, they're, they're herdsmen. Uh, in other words, the people that worked for Lot and the people that worked for Abram were quarreling. And, Lot, and Abram, being the bigger man, the uncle... Even though he, the Lord had already promised him that land, uh, that uh, whatever he wanted was his, he said, Lot, to his nephew, his younger nephew, he said, here, you pick. If you, if you want to go that way, I'll go the other way. If you want to go north, I'll go south. East, I'll go west. And he gave Lot first choice. Can you imagine that? That's not, that's not our normal instant reaction, is it? when we're faced with a choice to give up our rights. But see, there's a principle here. We must choose in line with God's principles. Now, what we notice in the scriptures that we're reading, if you know anything about history in, in the Bible, Sodom was a very wicked, wicked city. It was filled with corruption, filled with sin. Yet, even though the valley was lush and green and and to Lot, it reminded him of Egypt, where they had come from. It reminded him of, of that place. He looked and, and wanted to live close to sin. There's a principle there. What, what it's trying to tell you and I is that even though a choice you're about to make, even though a choice you may contemplate and make, it might seem right. If it takes you out of the will of God, it's not God's will for you. Amen? And again, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't, you can't move or you can't do this or that. No, that's up to you. you we're all free agents. We all have a free will. But it, it, it should line up with God's principles. It should line up with God's will for your life. And here, what Lot was not understanding was how it was going to impact his family, his children, his legacy, his heritage. Um, you know, I, I realize there's churches in Las Vegas, in Sin City, Right? There's, there's churches there, and there needs to be. There needs to be churches everywhere. Uh, there's churches in Hawaii, right? Who doesn't want a pastor in Hawaii, right? Uh, there was an offer right now. I'd be, hard, I'd be hard pressed to say, I don't know about that, you know? <laughs> exactly, but, but at the end of the day, you and I have to look at it and say, Lord, is this your will for me? How is this going to impact my life, my children's life down the road? You can't just go blindly and say, well, it looks good. I'm there. You have to pray about it. You have to think about it. Lot did not do that. Amen. Here, there were, there were, what ended up happening, if you read the story and are familiar with it, the Bible says that at the end, Lot not only goes to live in Sodom, he becomes a government, a city official. He was at the city gates. The, that's a term used for an official of the city. He was connected with them. He absorbed into their lifestyle. He okayed it. His family began to see that he was all right about that. And what ends up happening here, uh, the Bible will tell you that his daughters eventually, eventually caused 
him to get drunk and to have incest with him. And that's out of, out of the daughters came the Moabites and the uh, Ammonites, which were two of Israel's enemies out of that incestful relationship. So again, what, what's the legacy? What, what's going to come out of that choice? Nothing but sin came out of that choice. And yet on the other hand, Abram was a man of God, clearly said, I'll take whatever's left over. Sometimes you have to step up out of your, your relationship and, and be the bigger person. And we as believers, when we have conflict with one another, with, a, with a, somebody in your family, with, some, with a coworker, maybe you need to take that step and say, what can we do about it? And give that other person the right of way. Amen. And watch how your life is blessed because you took the initiative. Amen. Uh, and that's not natural. It doesn't come natural. That's, the world tells you to fight for your right. Fight for that because that, you deserve that. You earn that. And God is saying, really, I can take care of you better than anything that the world can offer you. Right. Amen. Yeah. Number two, choices often result in eternally significant consequences. Again, both Lot and Abraham had wealth. First place in the Bible, it mentions wealth. It says that this wealth increased their strife. Be careful what you ask for, people. You know, how many times have you thought or said this to your spouse? If I only made another $2,000 a month, if I only made another $10,000 a month, if I only made another $100,000 a year, all my problems would go away. Really? You think they would? No. No, and, and we live in a world that's a, that's a living example of that. There are millionaires, billionaires everywhere, and their lives are falling apart. Every day, there's, there's people's lives that are falling apart. Where did we get the notion that wealth will solve our problems? Wealth will never solve your problems. God alone can solve your problems. God alone is the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills, the owner of every gold mine in this world, He's the one that has all the wealth. And, and again, life isn't about wealth. Don't get me wrong. It's not about material things. And, and again, God does want to bless you. He does want to provide for you and, ha- and give you the best that, that you can have. But don't let that be your focus like Lot. Lot was focused on just that. Do, do you follow me? Amen. And, and then furthermore, in the last couple of weeks, how many know that, and I mentioned this before, the lotto craze? the super lotto craze, the billion and a half or whatever it was, people were, that's all they were thinking of. And their mind just kept thinking of, oh, what I'm going to do with that money? What I'm going to do when I win? And unfortunately, it's people that are usually in poverty, the people that can least afford to buy these tickets that are buying tickets and and thinking about how much the lotto is going to change their lives. Do you know that lotto winners, their lives are destroyed? Their lives become a mess. And, and you're thinking, well, Pastor Rick, I'd love to just at least try it out. And, you know, I'll, I'll surround myself with good people, good financial advisors. Yeah, and so did they. they. They did the same thing. But when you win a lotto like that, how many know that people come knocking on your door out of the woodwork? You become a target. I wouldn't, you couldn't pay me to want to be that lotto winner. That, that, they're going to have people... You know, they're going to put a hit on these people because they're going to want to take things from these people that win these huge lottos. That, that's, a, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Now, hopefully whoever won that 
We'll manage it wisely. Hopefully, they'll take care of that. But wealth sometimes is not always a blessing. Can I get an amen? Amen. Increased wealth also results in potential for either evil or good. If I would have received $10,000 when I was 20 years old or, you know, a large sum of money, for me at that age was a large sum of money, right? If I would have received that, I may not be alive today right now. I'm just telling you right now. You know, how many, how many can say amen to that? You know, you would have blown it. And you may not live to be here today. That's why God didn't grant me that. Because I didn't have wisdom to handle that. So, Lord, now that I am full of wisdom. (laughs) That's a different story. We need to pay attention to biblical warnings about wealth. It's not just about wealth, people. It's not. There's much more to life than wealth. Amen? Lot did say... Or he did something that people do without much thought. Listen to this. He made a major life decision based on the assumption that pursuing prosperity should be a main goal of his life. Wow. Prosperity. That's what our culture teaches you. That you are to pursue prosperity. Um, You know, we, we need to be wealthy. We need to have the finest of everything. Uh, you know, I always say Michael Coors handbags. Our children should be in private school. We need to send them to Harvard and Yale and, and all the higher education. Um, now, those are great goals to have, but if that's all that's driving you, you're off the path that God wants for you. Our, first of all, it should be, Lord, is this the path you want for my family? Maybe they... God has an entirely different path for you or your children. Amen? Have you ever thought of that? You know, we shouldn't just make major life decisions based on the fact that, well, this is going to make me wealthier or this is going to be better for me. Oh, do you really know that? Have you brought that before the Lord and said, Lord, is this what you would have me do? The scripture that we read this morning, Proverbs 3, 5, verse 6, trust in the Lord with what? All your heart, and then what? Lean not on your own understanding, and in all thy ways, he will direct your paths. He will direct your paths when you trust in him. Amen? Amen. Verse, verse 11 stated that Lot chose for himself. He never consulted God. He never said, the Bible doesn't say that he, he asked God, what, what, where would you have me go? In fact, he didn't even bring God up. He just, he made a decision for himself. And because of that, he paid the ultimate price. He lost everything. If you continue to read about the story of Lot, he ends up losing everything. The question this morning is, how do we make good choices? How do we make good choices? Because I promise you, if not today, if not next week, you will each have to make important choices in your life. Important choices. Life-changing choices. So how do we go about making the right choice? Number three, the third point is, we must choose in line with God's principles. Aren't you thankful that God has given us a book that lays out principles that you and I can follow? Because, see, this is the manual. Amen? Now, I had a friend I've told you before in high school. His name was Manuel. It's always good to have a manual in your life. Amen? This is the manual for us as believers. And if you consult this, 
It'll be the best book that you can live by. God designed you and I, and he left his word so that we can live by it. Amen? So how do we do that? Well, the Bible also says it's possible to gain the whole world and lose your soul. I remember one time at a men's camp, um, men's retreat, we met this, I already forgot his name, famous WWF wrestler, now a believer, Hulk of a man, big man, and his life scripture was that one found in Matthew, and, I, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but what good does it do for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? And I can't remember the name of this gentleman, the million dollar man, that was, that was what he went by, million dollar man, remember that, Wayne? Ted DiBiase, thank you. Huge man, huge, some WWF fans out here I see, okay. But again, do we, do we pursue that? Do we pursue wealth and lose our soul? He shared an amazing testimony of that's what his life was all about, about the wealth, the drugs, the fame, and it got him nothing. In fact, it gave him an empty soul. It, it, his heart was filled with emptiness. There was nothing there until he found Jesus one day that filled his heart. Only Jesus can fill that void in your heart. Do you recognize that? Only Jesus can. Amen. So we have to learn that the principles found in the Bible, they take a lifetime to learn. But if you walk with them, he'll show you how to make those decisions. Never make a decision, will you promise me this? Never make a decision without asking God first. Even if it's a simple decision. I know that you, you might be saying, Pastor Rick, I don't need to consult God for everything. Really? It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Just ask God. Say, Lord, is this, is this what you want me to do today? Lord, is that the person you want me to speak to? Walking? Is that the homeless guy that you really want me to have a conversation with? Not just drop him off a five bucks or ten bucks or give him a happy meal but is this the one that you want me to talk to God will help you and guide you amen God will speak to you we must choose in line with God's principles number four make choices which value relationships over rights everybody say that with me make choices which value relationships over rights this is what I've seen I've seen this in in families People will choose their rights over a relationship, and that relationship will be destroyed forever. Once a, a relationship is destroyed, it's very hard to put the pieces back together. Very hard to trust uh, that person again once it dis it's destroyed. But if you choose and value that relationship, even though they may be wrong and you're right, I'll tell you what, you have a much better chance of that relationship working going forward. That's a choice we each make. Amen? This is what was going on with Lot and Abram. Abram chose relationship over his right. He had the right to choose what land he wanted. He was the uncle. He was the elder. He could have told his nephew, you get the leftover. This is what I choose. But he chose the other, the other side. He said, I choose this relationship. I value our relationship, your blood, your family, each of your family. Let's not ever have any issues here. And I've never heard of any issues here within our family here. But I'm talking about outside these walls. I'm talking about outside with your friends, your family. Value those relationships. Amen. We are to be build, uh, bridge builders, peacekeepers, promise keepers, right? Yeah. And, and when we're destroying relationships, we're none of that. So let's work on that. Amen. Value relationships over our rights. 
Abram said, we are brothers. We are brothers. We are brethren. We're related, he said. He valued his relationship with Lot over his right to choose the best land. So much strife, so, much, so many issues could be avoided if you and I did that. Again, a lesson that we can learn from, from the, the story of Lot. The, the general rule is this, found in Romans chapter 14 and verse 19. I don't believe I have this on your outline, but it says this. Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Did you hear that? Let us pursue the things which make for peace. You are peacemakers. Amen? You are peacemakers. You'll have much more testimony, much more value to give somebody when they see it at work in your life. But if your life is filled with strife, with anger, with dissension, with, with bitterness, do you think you, you have the power for somebody to listen to you? No. Nobody's going to value that. But if you're projecting peace, if you're projecting um, right relationship, healing, and so forth, love, and, and all the fruit of the Spirit, the love, peace, joy, uh, goodness, and, and so forth, people will listen to that. People will want to listen to that. Amen? And then our fifth point this morning is make choices which value godliness over greed. Godliness over greed. See, again, Abram chose wisely. Lot chose because he was walking by, by sight, not by faith. Amen? The Bible tells us in the New Testament, we walk by faith, faith not by sight. Again, there may be some things in your life that say, well, Pastor Rick, this is a no-brainer. This looks great. You know, this is awesome. Well, pray about it, number one. Does it line up with what God wants for your family? You've got to think about the legacy you're also leaving behind to your children, to your grandchildren, and so forth. It's not just about you. Amen? Lot chose by sight and ended up spiritually and financially bankrupt when he chose by sight. That should be a scary thing to you and I. That when we make major life choices like that, are we consulting God? And, and then let me also um, trace my steps back. When he chose his land, the first thing Abram did, he set up an altar. And he thanked God for that. He set up an altar. An altar is a place of thanksgiving, of, of, of sacrifice. And, and it was also a place that would be set up. And his descendants, his children, his grandchildren... Every time they would see that, they would be reminded of what God had done in their life. Amen? Mother Betty has an altar that she has now spiritually on that day at Murrieta Springs. There's now an altar in her spirit that she can point back to and say, That day, that's the day the Lord touched my body. He healed my mind and so forth. Amen? We each need to set up altars in our life when God has done something great so that and I'm not talking about a physical altar. You don't need to put the candles out and light the candle. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a spiritual altar that you remind your children, your grandchildren. Let me tell you, Bianca. Let me tell you, Raquel. Let me tell you, Elizabeth, about the time God did this for me. And then you share that with them. And you pass that on. That's an altar. That's what Abram did. But nowhere in the Bible do you ever see Lot doing that. Lot never built an altar. Lot never built an altar. Amen? Now, again, we, we are God's children. God wants to bless you and protect you. And, and it's his desire that we would always seek him, love him, and desire him. But let me ask you this question this morning. 
How can we know whether we're under the influence of greed? Okay, greed. We, we live in a, and we're coming to, up to that time, Black Friday's coming, and you'll see the greediest people in the world at 5 o'clock in the morning at Target. I'm just telling you right now, we're Walmart. Uh, you'll see them. If you don't believe me, go check it out. I won't. I'll be sound asleep. But how many of you know that greedy people are elbowing, they're shoving people out of the way, causing fights? You ever seen that? Uh, I mean, it's all on, online, on video. You can see example after example of that. But how do we know if we're under the influence of greed or God? Let me, let me just share three quick points. There was a British pastor that said, this is three ways that you can evaluate in your life if this is something that's consuming you. First of all, if we find ourselves thinking more about the things of this world and how to get them than about God. Check yourself, right? Is, are you thinking more about the things of this world than you are about God? In other words, what you're really saying is God's not number one. That brand new Dodge Challenger is. That brand new home is. Or that brand new whatever. That, that job that pays you $300,000 a year. You know, whatever it may be. That's number one. See, see, God will grant you all those things. Amen? God will grant you all that as long as you keep him number one. Num- secondly, Sometimes we may judge ourselves by the manner in which we enjoy the things of this world. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, the things that God provides you and I. If, if you are blessed today and God has taken good care of you, amen, good for you. I, I'm happy for you. Um, and, and that's a wonderful thing. But be careful, though, because here, what, what this gentleman was saying, if we start thinking, if I just had this other thing, if I just had this other matching car, this other matching Harley-Davidson, this other, uh, the vacation home on top of my regular. You know, there's always a list that we can add to, right? If that consumes you, if you're not satisfied with what God's given you and blessed you with right now, be careful, because then greed is overruling you. Greed is taking control of your heart. And then thirdly, we may judge ourselves by the manner in which we mourn the loss of things. Meaning, if you lose something, if somebody steals your Michael Coors bag that you put in the trunk because you didn't want anybody to steal it, yet they broke into your car and they stole your nice, beautiful leather Michael Coors bag. I'm not talking to anybody here, am I? And, and you're hurt and you're so bad because you valued that material thing so much that you're upset then greed has got your heart. See, possessions can be replaced. Anything that you own can be replaced. It's not a life, is it? No. No. So, again, it reminds me of the story of Job. What happened when Job lost everything? The Bible says he was a wealthy man, the wealthiest man around of his time, and he lost everything. What did he say? The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the attitude you and I need to have. Wow, that's so different than our culture. So different than our culture. You know, many of us here knew people that lost homes in the fires last year in 2017. Raise your hand if you knew anybody that was affected by those fires. I had family members that lost houses. Um, 
I, I had uh, acquaintances that we found out later that lost houses, not only in Napa fires, but in the, in the Sonoma County fires. And they've been going on all year long. And they're all material possessions. All that can be replaced. All of that can be replaced. How many, how many remember the uh, Napa earthquake in 2014? If it shook your house, you'll never forget it like it shook us. 6.0. And uh, whatever you lost, TVs, chimneys, maybe a house, it can all be replaced. All of that can be replaced. Don't let material things consume you and, and, and lead you down that path of greed. Amen? Those are three ways that we can know whether we're under the influence of God or under the influence of greed. Again, they're choices that you and I make. And then number six, and I'm getting to the end. Number six, make choices which value fellowship with God over the approval of the world. Fellowship, meaning time spent. We can have fellowship with each other, which we'll do later this afternoon at one o'clock in my house. Enchiladas, rice and beans, and some amazing salsa and chips. I know we're, we're going to have a great time. Um, but make sure you value fellowship with God over the approval of this world. Lot was often criticized, or has been criticized, for moving to Sodom. But both Abram and Lot lived in corrupt cultures. So the question you have to ask is, why did, God, why did Abram remain untainted but Lot become corrupted. What was the difference? Well, one valued relationship with God. The other one didn't. And that, my friends, is what will impact your life today. Do you value your relationship with God enough over the world, over our culture? Abram, in, in verse 18 of our text that we read this morning, Abram moved his tent and came to live near the great trees at Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tents. There he built an altar to the Lord. He built an altar again. He valued his relationship with God, his fellowship with God. Lot never did that. Lot didn't value it. And he lost everything. Abram lived in fellowship with God and became known as the friend of God, Father Abraham, the father of our faith. Every Jewish person, in fact, every Muslim person, traced their faith to Abraham, even the Muslim faith. And we have them meeting right out here. You know that? They meet right out here in this courtyard. They trace their roots back to Father Abraham. We all pinpoint back to the same fathers in the Bible. It's truly amazing. But here's what we've got to be careful with. We have to maintain that fellowship. That means making the time to pray. That means making the time to read your word. That means making the time to, to come to church. If you don't come to church on a message that was meant for you and you miss it, you miss it. God, God gives a word and it's there for you, whether you're here or not. He gives it and it's up to us to receive it. Amen? And, and it's up to every one of us to receive that. Jesus, the Bible says, was the friend of sinners and again, I'm trying to tell you that you don't, you don't just because the place was, was Sodom, oh, you don't say, oh, God forbid that I should ever move there. No. In fact, if God tells you to move there, you move there. But what I'm saying here is that Lot didn't put any thought into that. He didn't consult God. See, if God tells you to move to Las Vegas, you move to Las Vegas. There's no question. 
Lot didn't do that. Jesus, likewise, he was a, a friend of sinners. The Bible says he, did, he wasn't afraid. They, they said he was hanging out with prostitutes, with, with drunks, with, with people that were the opposite of what the Pharisees were used to seeing religious people do and hang out with. See what I'm saying? Um, it doesn't mean just because you go to church and you now live a, a life as a believer that you don't speak to people or you don't consult with them. Yeah, I, I still have lots of friends. Uh, I, I don't hang out with them, but I invite them sometimes over. Hey, come on over. Let's, let's talk. You, know, you don't cut people off is what I'm trying to say. Jesus was a friend of sinners. You will never make an impact in the life of people that don't know Christ if you close that door. Always got to have that relationship open. Always. Amen? Number seven, as I close this morning, number seven, make choices which value God's eternal promises over immediate pleasure. Make choices which value God's eternal promises. And as Mother Betty pointed out this morning, it's all in God's timing. Amen? Do you know how bad she wanted her healing in January? She wanted it extremely bad. God said, Mother Betty, I'm going to give you your healing, but it's going to come in November, right? Beginning of November or October, late October. I don't know what exact date it happened. But he, yeah, and, and, and she, she had to wait. It's his timing, not our timing. Amen? We have to remain faithful and remember that, God, you're the eternal rewarder. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? See again, Lot chose Sodom because of what he thought was the instant success, immediate gratification. That looked great. I'm choosing that. But what he didn't realize was that, that God's promise was really on the land of Canaan, the land that Abram chose, which was not green and lush and filled with grapes and, and mountains like the Napa Valley. It looked like desert land. He chose the Napa Valley over the desert land, just to give you a, an analogy that you can, you can look at. The Lord said, and I, as I read from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That is what Lot failed to do. He failed to first seek the kingdom of God. The next time you face a decision that, that requires a major commitment on you, your spouse, your family, make sure... Make sure that you consult God. Make sure that you're saying, Lord, is this the direction you want me to go to? Do you really, do I need to leave this job right now and pursue this other job here? Make sure you're consulting him first. Even though it may pay more. And you may think, yeah, I'm going to be set. I won't be fighting to scramble to make money at the end of the month. But is that what God wants for you? See, Choices we make have eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. Please, please make sure you seek God first. At the end of the day, if it's that job, why is it that we're wanting more money? Is it just so that I can have that Harley that I really want? That nice Harley that I've been dreaming about? Some of you men know what I'm talking about this morning. Nothing wrong with Harleys. My brother's got one. He's got a beautiful Harley. In fact, I wish I had his Harley. But you know what? It's not about that. If, if you're asking God, Lord, help me to make more money, is it to be a blessing? See, we're servants of God. Each of you, 
If you haven't learned yet, God's given you what you have to be a blessing to others. Amen. It's to be a blessing to your neighbor. It's to be a blessing to those in this church and those outside this church. It's not just for you. I've never seen a, a hearse hauling a U-Haul. You can't take it with you. And you'll never see that. You can't take it with you. God's blessed each of you to bless other people. Amen. We tend to think of commitment in the life of a believer as a decision to forsake everything. That, okay, now I'm living as a believer. I got to forsake everything. No, no. What God wants is your heart. He's saying, I want your heart. I'll give you everything you need when I have your heart. Your heart, when he has your heart, he has all of you. He has all of you. Amen. You know, Lot's, Lot's problem, like many believers today, was in following through, walking step by step in dependence upon the Lord. See, he didn't trust in the Lord. He didn't lean on the Lord. He trusted in himself. Don't let that be your decision today. Make sure you make that choice to follow God, to trust in him. Amen. Let me just read this last thing. So make your choices based on God's principles. Relationships over rights. Godliness over greed. Fellowship with God over the world's approval. And faith in God's promises over immediate pleasure from the world. Because if you have God's promises, you have everything you need. Amen? How many agree with that this morning? Amen? Stand with me this morning as we close this morning. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close in prayer. If, if you want prayer, feel free to come up this morning. But I want to close in prayer. If you'll bow your heads with me this morning. Father, again, we thank you, Father. Choices have, have consequences, both positive and negative. And Lord, as believers here today, I pray that, Lord, that the decisions that we make, the choices that we make, would be based on what's best for our family. Lord, that we would first of all consult you and that, Lord, that you would answer those prayer requests, that you would guide us, that you would lead us, that you would straighten our paths, that you would guide us in every which way, that you would make things crystal clear, Lord, so that we would know without a shadow of a doubt that this is the path you want me to take. So, Lord, I pray that over every single person here today. I pray that, Lord, that your blessings would flow, that their families would be blessed, that legacy would live in their lives, a spiritual heritage, a legacy that they would stand up and be proud of. Lord, Lot, Lot yearned for that, and he never had that, Lord. I pray that we would learn from him and that we would make right choices today.